Blog Talk Radio. PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network. And tonight, which is usually in the mix, which is in the mix with Cosscape, we are celebrating a two-year anniversary of Cos co-hosting with me and helping with these shows, which I very much appreciate. I'm getting old, and I get tired really easy. Anyway, uh, it's this has been a long trip. We are in our 14th year, coming up on our 14th year, 606. 1,633 shows counting tonight, and Kaz, did you have a little something you wanted to say here? Well, I am so excited to be part of the history making, and I know that you're going to share all these statistics. I just have been learning so much from you. I feel like I'm your apprentice, and I am so honored to be your apprentice. I have learned so much, and I love that we get to be buddies, and, you know, Marty and I, we talk on the phone when we're not on the show, and sometimes we talk for, like, three hours straight, and we've just gotten to be really good friends, and you've just been such a blessing to know, and that's the other fun and exciting thing, plus all the amazing guests that we've gotten to meet. I've just been so excited to be a part of it. Well, thank you, and and it has been I I think comparatively, I listen to a lot of shows to see what they're doing and saying, you know, if I think they're relevant shows. And quite frankly, I think we have a better guest lineup. I think uh, because we don't script, I think it it goes smoother and easier. And um, I don't like scripting. I I just don't. Um, But anyway, that's me. I like to yak and talk. But (laughs) who knew, huh? And... uh, but it's just been uh, it's been a been a ride. Also joining us tonight is Marcia Joyner, who hosts our Betrayed by Hospice show. Say hello, Marcia. Hello, Marcia. No. Hello, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and and I'll second I'll second what Kaz said. It is an honor to be a part of a group that strives to help people and for no other reason than to just spread the word. So I'm grateful, Barney, that you've given me the opportunity to tell people the honest truth about hospice. So thank you. I'm in good company. You do a good show. You always do a good show. Um, Also joining us right now is Debbie True. Debbie, say hello. Hello, folks. I just want to say how much I appreciate everyone because when I needed help, Marty was there, Cause was there, and we're just one great big happy family. There you go. We are. Yep. We are. We it, got... it is something 
so many of us are victims, you know, in this guardianship and probate and hospice, and yet we've all come together and made such genuine friendships, which is, it's, yes. it's the, the side effect that I never saw coming, and it's something that's beautiful, the friendships that I've made, even though the only reason why we all know each other is because something horrendous has happened, and yet we've mm-hmm. all come together, and truly some of my best friends are all of you all. Yeah. yeah, it is It is amazing, I think, uh, what happens in this. And then when we started the shows with hospice, this brought out this really ugly underbelly to what was already a, a horribly insidious situation. And pulling it all together, and hopefully people are seeing the big picture. This isn't simply a matter of abducting an elderly or infirm person and robbing them blind when they get done with them then they want to take them to hospice and take them out and it's it's yeah. one very big well-oiled machine it is racketeering to the max and it takes yeah. it you know everybody always says well you can't blame the judge oh yeah i can that's who facilitates that's who makes sure everything hums everything goes as was planned and make no mistake in these probate tribunals before anybody steps a foot in that courtroom they have already decided how it's going to go down, uh, who's going to get what, and who's going to get bitch slapped. And that's just the way it is. I think that is the one thing that has traumatized, traumatized people even more than anything else is they go in there. Their, it's their first experience, maybe most of them, with the legal system or what we call the legal system, the judiciary and it's their first experience. They go in thinking they know, well, we've got the Constitution, and I have an inalienable rights, and I have the right to this and that, and the due process. And, all, and they find out that once they step in that tribunal, they have forfeited all of that. You don't have any rights. You cannot claim the Constitution. This is not a court of law. This is a tribunal. They set up their own code, statutes, and regulations, and the Constitution does not apply. This is why they do not follow the rules of evidence, the Code of Civil Procedure. They are not a court of law. This is human trafficking at the very least. At the very worst, we're we're being hunted by predators. And um, and that's the way I see it. You know, I had Chris from Australia on here a couple weeks ago. And this is she kept saying that over and over, they're hunting us, Marty. They're hunting us. And that really stuck with me because that is exactly what they are doing. These are predators. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been talking uh, to several people and on air about the fact that science is now kind of pussyfooting around the idea that there is two and possibly three species of human being on the earth. And for me, if this should turn out to be true, it explains why we have so many of these predators circulating in the population. They're a different species. They have no emotion, no empathy, no sympathy. They, they don't understand love. They, they don't care how much torment and misery they cause. They don't understand why we feel the th- those things. These people have, like I say, no integrity, no character, no morals. They think it doesn't apply to them. There's too many of them for this to be an aberration. There's too many. But it's just something to think about. Uh, Marcia, on the hospice shows, you've, 
you've covered so many of these cases, and honest God, some of them I can't hardly get through. They absolutely bring me to tears what people have gone through. Do you see any hope in any of this getting stopped? The hope that I see in this is by us educating people that there is a real danger out there and they stop listening to hospice and hospitals and they stop being led as little lambs into slaughter. But as far as us legislatively stopping it, it's too big of a money-making conglomerate and they are saving they, when I say they, the government is saving money with Medicare and Medicaid. So they're not going to stop. The entire intent is to call the elderly, get rid of them, to save the money. That's yeah. their end goal. So the only yep. way is for people to know what's going on, do not trust them. Yeah. Walk away. Now, that's yeah. just... Debbie, with your experience, did anything where you, on any level, did you feel like you were able to protect, I believe it was your husband, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yes. Yes, I was. My experience was, um, in the end, he overdosed in the hospital, mind you. Um, okay. And I was told he was put in ICU, and um, I was ghosted into, um, I should say gaslighted, into um Yes, this is the end. Um, they they had evidently talked to Dave uh, and gotten some of his input before I got there. And um, we will um, we will hook you up with hospice. I said no, you will not hook me up with hospice. Well, they yeah, there to you help go. you, hun. They took me out of the room into the doctor's area with a social worker and browbeat me, and I all but stomped my foot and said, get him stable, I will take him home, and I will tend to it. And in the end, that's what happened. Four days later, uh, after being home 24 hours, he passed away with all of his family around him, in quiet, in comfort, with no medications uh, clouding his mind. I was right. with him all by myself for about 24 hours. And um, that was the most peaceful death that I've ever seen. And being in the business for 35 years, I've had many bedside um, vigils. And, yeah, he just um, he just turned to me. He couldn't speak in the end, and he just turned to me, looked at me, and with his eyes told me goodbye. And when his family got there, it um, he was gone. Oh That's my God! So, so yes, because of the hospice shows, because of the love and support from all of you, because Marty, you were there for me. You were willing to take on the the people yeah. at the hospital. Because remember, I I'm the one that explained what hospitalists are. Our hospital yeah. system yes. is totally bogus. Not one doctor in the town actually goes in to see their patients. It is a hospitalist. You might as well put them up on a rack like a car because they put everything into the computer. They don't even, even when you go to the doctor now, they don't look you in the eye. 
they look at the computer. You, they've got 15 to 20 minutes to get you taken care of and out the door. That is the exactly. new policy. Hospitalists yep. at the hospital, the doctors that are paid by the hospital and their little clinics and stuff in the satellite area, they, um, and they demand that those doctors go 20 minutes max. Yep. I went through three doctors in about two years because they were awesome doctors. But because they were putting this on them, they did not feel that they were doing their patients any justice. So they went someplace else, and now I'm left without a doctor, not that I'm worried about it because I don't really go to the doctor anymore. But, yeah, yeah, this came out, and I worked for this hospital. (coughs) I worked for this hospital taking care of the elderly. And when I fell after two years, I could no longer be rehirable, so I retired. Wow. Wow. You're right uh, about the hospitalists. Yeah. Uh, You go in and they don't look at your record. They have no interest in it. Your primary care physician is out the door. They can't see you or attend to you or talk to you or anything. And that hospitalist can do whatever they want to do. And now we have these hospitals that are taking it upon themselves to decide what your medical care is. And in some states like the state of Virginia, and I never did check to see if this passed, but they had a a bill. um, What is that big hospital system out there? I can't even think offhand. But anyway, they had filed uh, and they um, uh, wanted the power, legal power, legislative power, to determine your health care and you had nothing to say about it. If they decided you were going to take chemotherapy and you said absolutely not, they were going to do it anyway. They overrode everything. And I do need to check and see if that passed. But a lot of hospitals are doing that anyway. And a lot of hospitals have been doing, were doing before hospice became the Grim Reaper, uh, where the doctors were taking it upon themselves to decide that somebody's life wasn't worth living anymore, and they just withheld care and did what they needed to and took them out. This has been going on for decades, decades. <clears throat> but um, here, real quick here, we have another caller, and I know who this is. It's Marcia Southwick. <laughs> Hello. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I I'm just <laughs> couldn't help. Hi, I couldn't help but pipe in about hospitalists because I okay. encountered uh, just my former spouse, who was a really great scientist. He was just amazing, uh-huh. you know. He's he goes to the hospital. He has pneumonia three times, and each time he comes back. It's sort of a swallowing disorder, so he gets, you know, he would get uh, fluid in his lungs and so forth. Mm-hmm. So the third time he got this, all they had to do is give him antibiotics and it would go away within a couple of days and he would be okay. They uh-huh. pulled me aside because I was this power, health power of attorney. They, the hospitalist pulled me aside and said, you know, you really should sign a, a DNR, a do not resuscitate order. He's mm-hmm. kind of on, on his way out. And I said, well, he's been okay the last two times. I mean, uh, it's been a year since his first um, pneumonia, and he said, well, you know, he was a great scientist and everything. Do you think he's producing the same quality of work he was? 
He's 88. <laughs> I said, what? Sake. I said, what? He has a right to age. He has a right to be, die peacefully in his own home. Wow. He doesn't need yes. to have. It, they weren't going to give him antibiotics. I, I couldn't believe it. So wow. anyway, so anyway, yeah. So finally, I called his lawyer and I said, "You got to do something." They're they're trying to pressure me into this, and so the lawyer called him. And that hospitalist, I never saw him again. But oh, wow. then I know. But then we were in a. Um, I was in a room and there was a male nurse there, sort of taking care of Murray. And I said, uh, "What is this about? Are you no longer productive? I mean." is that really a reason to just let someone die or to, you know, overdose them or whatever you're going to do? Does this mean you're no longer useful? And I said, what age does that add? I mean, at what point? And he said, yeah. oh, at about 75, we, you know, usually by 75, people just aren't that productive anymore. You know, the implication <laughs> being, you know, time to get out of here. Bye. Yep. And I just well, Marcia, could not believe it. We had that doctor who came out here, what was it, about three, four months ago, and said there was really no reason for anyone to live past the age of 75. It was just pointless. Oh, yeah. That Harvard yeah. guy or something? Thought, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, Speak well, I don't yourself, know what kind buddy. of dud life you've got, but i got so much to do, I don't have enough time. And But right. this whole thing about they're, they're not as productive – what this is all goes back to you're no longer taxable in most cases. And right. if you can't be extorted oh, for point. taxes, they have yeah, no I never thought of that. Exactly. disposable. And so it's yeah. get rid of them. If, we, if, if you're here to collect on your Social Security, which we've blown on everything from manicures to wars, you're here to collect <laughs> on that. We, we, we never anticipated that. So we'll put all these arbitrary... Right things on to your age to stop you, prevent you, ultimately your death from collecting. And um, yeah. they owe Social Security over $4 trillion now that they've taken out of the surplus fund. It's produced a sur- wow. Even now, is producing a small surplus. But they've mm-hmm. spent every bit of that and gotten into the principal. And oh, then they yeah. come out and they tell the public, Oh, we had to borrow a billion and a half dollars to keep Social Security solvent. No, you didn't. You borrowed a billion and a half dollars to fund child support recovery through Social Security, and that's the money right. that is used to buy access to the states. It's bribery that you call funding. And um, yeah. But this is all – it's such a twisted-up mess. But the fact is – uh, and we've got Connecticut now considering a euthanasia law, and I think it is it. I think it's is it narrowing. assisted? Assisted? Is it assisted? Yes. Dying or Suicide. is it euthanasia? Like okay. Well, yeah. it's euthanasia. So they just, the way they they can't just, euthanize you. You oh, on their but own, in, right? Yes, they can. Well, they do it. Well, they're doing it, but it's not legal. Yeah. It's not legal yes. yet. They're working it's, towards right. that. Two states. Two states it is, and that's Wyoming and Connecticut. If you have dementia Mm -hmm. or are mentally ill, they can starve and dehydrate you to death. That's the law. Who um, who decides that? I mean, who gets to decide your life? I've read that you can be guardianized, and the guardian can decide that for you. It doesn't matter when someone gets guardianized. It doesn't matter what the family thinks. Yeah, yeah and, but see, now right. under the law, the hospital can take it on themselves. Um, 
you know, or the nursing home or whomever, if you are diagnosed with dementia or mental illness, they can starve and dehydrate you to death. And this has come up several times over the last few days. People, and I've sent people over to you, Marsha, um, on hospice. Uh, they, I can't believe it. They wouldn't give him any food or, or any water. I know. Somebody called futility of care. Well, the doctor said he didn't. I said, doesn't have to be his doctor. It can be a doctor in Beetlejuice, Egypt, that they just called on the phone and said, can you give us a futility of care diagnosis? Doesn't matter. It says any doctor, any doctor, anywhere can call futility of care. And once they do that, they stop all medical treatment under Obamacare with the Medical Association leading the charge. They designated food and water as not human rights and necessities, but as medical treatment. So when they call futility of care, the first thing they do is stop all medical treatment, meaning your food and water. And we know it's a downhill process. And they start dosing with morphine, Ativan, and Haldol. A ham sandwich, as the nurses lovingly like to call it. And they just keep drugging you until it reaches such a point that the morphine compromises the lungs. Uh, Morphine will do that. Uh, It will stop your lungs. And this is what what they do. They actually, with morphine and all these other drugs, suffocate you to death. Wow. And this is Marty, what happened? Oh, go ahead. I have a question for Marcia. Um, Marcia, when does hospice? Okay, in guardianship, you know, they did this study in New York. Hunter College did a study and found out that 25% of guardianships state were initiated by uh, nursing homes and hospitals. So my question mm-hmm. to you is. Um, is that how our, our hospital, our, you know, usually to either uh, make room for more patients, they need the beds, or to get them to pay their bills. So I guess my question was, are they being shunted into hospice in the same way where they, you know, to get them out of, of beds at the hospital? That, that is happening. That's, um, if they, somebody comes in because for COPD, congestive heart failure, broken bones, three times within six months they get flagged. The hospital will contact someone at a hospice that they work with, and the hospice person will come in and talk real sweet to the family and give them, you can enroll your loved one. They do qualify. We can take care of them. They don't have to come back to the hospital. They won't have to go to the doctor. We'll send a nurse out. We can do sitter services, maybe bring you some food. They make it sound like we're doing something for you, and it doesn't cost you anything. Well, the reason it doesn't cost you is it costs Medicare or Medicaid. And they do have a cap, which this year it's right at 30000 but it's an uh-huh. aggregate. So if you have, you know, 10 people in that, that's 300000 And so somebody might live, you know, someone who is very difficult or they took more attention, then they might not want them to live as long. And so maybe they live 10 days or two months, but somebody else is not a problem and they can easy get money off of that person and they don't have to go visit them at their home very often. And it's, it's an easy money. Then they may live a couple of years. So put all the money together and delve it out that way. So, and they don't, 
if they if you are under hospice, if you're enrolled on hospice and you're there for that thirty days, you're under enrolled for that, they get paid for the entire thirty days, even if they're not coming out to your house daily or two or three times a week, they still get paid that amount. So they're running around four thousand a month that they're getting paid just to show up at someone's house, you know, maybe mm-hmm. once or twice wow. a week or yeah. So they're still gonna get paid that. When the person dies the money stopped. Well, and the wow. reason the hospitals got involved in this and got their own guardians on board on their staff, and they'll guardianize the Gary Harvey case, the first one I ever encountered, hospital guardian. Overnight, he was guardian. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah know that. and Sarah didn't know until she came back to see about him the next day. And Ugh. there's an armed guard at the door. But the reason they're getting into it is not for his medical care. It isn't for any of that. It's because that guardian on behalf of the hospital is plundering that estate. And they aren't working as an independent guardian like ones you see out here working with these law firms. They are working Mm -hmm. on behalf of the hospital. So when they guardianize Mm -hmm. somebody, what they're after is the assets. The hospital is making money indirectly, but is making money mm-hmm. off that person they had guardianized. And, you know, if you haven't stopped to think about it, medical care these days is not about your health or keeping you well. Um, you talked about going to the doctor. I had to go today because of severe allergies. I go in there, and a little girl comes in there. First thing she says is, well, hon, we're going to give you your COVID shot or your COVID test now. I said, no, hon, we're not. <laughs> and uh, well, you got to have it. I can no, only I imagine don't. that. I can't wait to hear this scene. Did you I make know, a scene, Marty? I would been there. Yes, did you make bit. a scene? Yes, a little bit. Okay, let's hear and it. She said, well, you have to. And I said, no, I, I don't have to. I said, I've been through this numerous times at urgent care and everything. No, no, I don't have to. Um, well, don't you want one? No, I don't. And well, I said, you're using a PCR test that is not meant to detect viruses, cannot detect viruses. And your circle is, you know, uh, spinning it so many times that you're picking up trash out of the human system from old infections and everything else, but you've never isolated or identified any virus at all in human or animals. Well, um, just to be safe and out of respect for other people, you should, I said, if you had any risk for me, you wouldn't be trying to do this to me. And I said, I'm going to tell you what I told other people. You know that little thing you got in your hand that looks like a miniature weapon? I said, you try to ram that up my nose, and we're both going out of here on a gurney. And she oh, that's me, great. That's great. And I said, I have been swabbed because of my allergies and chronic bronchitis and asthma and all this other happy-ass stuff probably two to 300 times over my lifetime. And never at any time has anybody had to ram something up my nose all the way to that little membrane that mm-hmm. separates the sinus and the brain. And then grind it around because that's where the virus lives. I said if there was a virus up there, it'd be in the lower sinus. It'd be in my mouth, down my throat, in my cheeks. Exactly. You don't have to go up there. And she said, well, now, I said, this is all a pointless argument because I said no. And she says, well, we could probably just, and I said, she said, we could just swab up there with that. And I said, no, you can't. I said, you see that scar on my nose? 
yeah. She said, what's that from? I said, it was a parting shot from a soon-to-be ex-husband. And I said, I've had so much damage. You try to put anything up there, and this is going to get ugly really fast. But I said, that's all beside the point. I said, no. So she goes out. She comes back in. She says, I'm just going to try one more time, hon. We're doing this for you. And I said, you... I said, no, you aren't doing anything for me. If you can diagnose me with COVID, I said, that's a little ka in the bank, isn't it? No. And so she leaves. She's upset. The doctor comes in. She says, I understand. She said, you're objecting to the COVID test. I said, I didn't object to it. I just said, I'm not doing it. And she says, well, um, and I had refused to put a mask on she says when you come to the clinic again she said now you've got to wear your mask I said I refuse and she says well you don't want to spread disease do you and I said well even if I was spreading disease which is highly unlikely I said if you've got your magic mask on what are you worried about yeah Yeah. and she says well Pose then uh, getting the COVID vaccines out of the question. I said, oh, you know. and, Yeah, uh, it is. Definitely. Says, we've, got, we've got people begging for it. I said, well, you give it to yeah. those schools. And I said, then put a big red tattoo right in the middle of their eyes so I know the people to stay mm-hmm. away from. And oh. I said, it's not really a vaccine, is it? And she looked at me and she said, what? I said, it's not really a vaccine. There's nothing in it that would call, qualify it as a vaccine. They've only labeled it a vaccine to get the immunity associated with vaccination for all the people they harm and kill. They don't want to be held accountable for that. And I said, yeah, so they right. called it a vaccine, but it's gene therapy. They're altering your DNA. And I said, they've admitted this, that they are basically turning your body into a walking uh, receptor for artificial intelligence and makes you interoperable with uh, AI systems and all this. I said I'd pass on that. And, and what's, really, what's really scary and, is, you know, we'll get. Let's say you get this vaccine, you get both. I I have gotten one actually, but anyway, um, you get both, and then you need a booster shot when the the thing mutates. You know, so well, I then, can sort of foresee. A, you, you might need a third one. Cause after That's all, what I'm saying. Yeah. Money off the other. yeah. No, this is right. not a vaccine. There is no way on God's green earth you will have to shoot me seriously <laughs> and literally. I know. Because I will not allow that. Of course, we don't vaccinate anyway. And uh, so the yeah. doctor says, to me, she said, you don't believe in vaccinations? I said, yeah, no. See, I said, I got an issue with taking a syringe full of God knows what. And yeah, you know what it is. It's from yeah. yeah. Letting you shoot that into my body or my children or my yeah. grandma. No, we, we're not doing this. You take that happy-ass stuff right on home and give it to your own kids. I said, yeah. oh, you like Bill Gates and Senator Pan out in California. You don't vaccinate your children. They're too good for that. Yeah. And she says, well, you know, we've got an epidemic of COVID. I said, no, actually, we don't. I said, that university, I said, uh, one in California and one, I believe, in New Zealand, demanded and got from the CDC 1,500 samples of supposedly positive COVID tests. And what every one of them turned out to be was influenza A and B, which makes sense since the CDC 
is no longer collecting flu stats. I wonder why. Oh, yeah, because it's all going to be relabeled COVID. And I said, they can't even prove, isolate, show that this thing actually exists. So if you can't show, you can't isolate it, and you can't identify it, and you can't define it, you just assume and you think that it could be, how do you, how are you getting these mutant strains? You couldn't identify what supposedly was the first strain. So how do you identify a mutant? And she just stood there and looked at me over the top of her mask. And she said, I would appreciate it if you'd put your mask on. So, you know, I had that little video up on my Facebook page before I got hacked here this last week. And it was that guy, and it was such a beautiful thing. It was about people driving with their mask on. And if one part of it, a guy pulls up alongside of him, honks his horns, he goes, hey. And the guy in the video goes, what? And he goes, put your mask on out of respect for other people. And he says, oh, okay, but before I do, could you lower yours for about two minutes? And he goes, for what? He said, so you can kiss my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is exactly how I feel about it. And he sings this little song at the end of it. He he goes, I got a couple questions that I want to ask to all you stupid jackasses wearing or driving with the mask. How do you get the virus when you're in your car alone? And if you're that afraid, why don't you keep your ass at home? And I, oh, I, I played it so many times about word out. And, um, oh, that but is funny. This is, we've been taken for a ride. And, yes, people are dying. <laughs> I, there is no question. What we need to be asking is what are they actually dying of? And, yeah. when, and when this started, England was was documenting that everybody who came in with this supposed virus had all gotten the flu vaccine. And the World Health Organization jumped all over the Brits and said, take that down and don't you, <laughs> we don't want people knowing that. And they won't collect that statistic anywhere. And wow. the DOD came out right before uh, the first of the year with a report that they had given their entire staff, forced them to take the flu vaccine last fall. of them came down seriously ill. They got dug into the vaccine because it was the only common denominator. And when they got done, they found four strains of lab engineer SARS virus in it, and the fourth one being the one that causes this terrible pneumonia. Oh, boy. It kills people. Yeah. And uh, so that was up, and I posted that like a fool. And, uh, you know, what they had said in there, and the hacks and trolls, came out of the woodwork. I didn't know what I read. I didn't read it right. I didn't interpret it. I didn't comprehend. It was in plain English. It, this wow. is causing this pneumonia. And, oh, no, I didn't understand. You just misunderstood. No, I didn't misunderstand anything. I'm not known for being dumb. And uh, But it's just, it, but something is killing, but it is targeting the elderly. And it is intentionally yeah. in targeting the elderly. Well, the, and a lot the, of, peop, the amount of elders who've who've died from this, from isolation, from just, you know yes. all this, it's just just it's well, and just terrible. Yes, one tell us that the the reason so many of the elderly are dying, or anybody for that matter, that they're labeling COVID. Of course, we know from memo number two, Health and Human Services, that um, if you can say with COVID or of COVID. 
So even if you haven't tested them on observation, the doctor can say, oh, they looks like they've got COVID. They had a runny nose. They had a little bit of a fever, uh, blah, blah, blah. So we put that down, and we get $12,500. Yippee for us. Okay. That's all fine and well and good. But the 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 idea of this is they stop all medical treatment for what they call comorbidities. Yeah. Any uh, underlying health issues, diabetes, heart. And we had that one nurse tell us that she said people will come in in the middle of a heart attack that are elderly. We could help them. They won't do it. They let them go and then oh write gosh. it down as COVID. And But see, that's why so many elderly are dying. They are withholding daily medications. They, they're stopping treatments they're supposed to have. Maybe giving them some of these supposed COVID drugs. But anyway, so you have a heart attack or you get you go into a diabetic coma or whatever other problems you have. None of this is being treated. They stop oh, all wow. treatment for COVID. And the Do families don't like know. Because right. they can't come in and check on them. Can I right. add, we were talking about she was trying to force you to take the shot. In Life Legal Defense Foundation, org has a group of attorneys, and they have posted you cannot be mandated to take the shot right. by anybody and by your work for people. Um, I also have a friend who's in the military, and I thought he was going to have to take it. He also does not have to take it. So if right. someone is trying to force you to take the shot, contact LifeLegalDefenseFoundation.org, and they can get you in contact with somebody or they can give you documentation that states you do. And all of these people in the nursing homes that they're saying you can't see your loved ones unless you get the shot and your loved one gets the shot, that is not true. And people are falling for this because we've always been taught, you know, follow the rules and it's a medical profession. And if they say this, it's true. It's not any more true than that everybody is dying from COVID, as Marty says. Yes. None of this is well, true. It is all part of the plan. It is the reset. It is Agenda 21. It is calling. It is get rid of the elderly. Anybody who costs money is considered a useless feeder, just like they were in the Holocaust. Yep. We're no now, better. Exactly. Who is, like, the ultimate puppet master? Like, who's the puppet master behind all this? Bill Gates. I don't think it's... Is, I think there's several. Yeah, but he's the leader. But you're right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Bill Gates. And Fauci. Um, Fauci, yep. Both of those weasels need to be in prison, both of them. And uh, Gates is is an admitted eugenicist. He doesn't think anybody should be here but him and his ugly children and his even uglier wife. um, And how old is he now? Is Is he almost 75, though? I don't know oh, how old he is. He looks like he looks like that guy out of the Lord of the Rings, the you know, <laughs> Gollum or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he does Schmiel look like something him. like that. Yeah, Schmeedles. Shme- I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does with, with glasses. Okay, yeah. he's sixty-five. And, he's sixty-five. Yeah, he was oh, born he in nineteen fifty-five. Sixty-five. He looks older than that. Sixty-five. Yep. Yeah. He should have gotten vaccinated to keep his looks. <laughs> yeah, really. I, well, do you, uh, 
Do you think the people that we have seen high up positions that are getting the shot, I don't call it a vaccine. No, they're not. Getting the shot. Do you think they're getting it or they're getting B12 or placebo or something? They're getting B12, placebo of some kind. There's no way they'd risk precious lives taking a unapproved vaccine. This is, and that's why they can't force anybody to take it. It's an emergency use authorization. And I noticed on Facebook, um, if you print anything about it, the fact checker comes up. Uh huh. And it yes. says there oh, really? are been numerous mm-hmm. trials coming up on, on these vaccines, and they are safe and effective. You are a liar. They are testing these vaccines on the public. There have been no trials on humans or animals. None. They're testing on the public, and they just started, I think, yesterday administering these damn things to nine-year-olds. And um, oh, yeah. with the ion. and pregnant and pregnant women, they have five thousand yes. pregnant women who have agreed to be guinea pigs and allow yep. themselves to be injected. Are you kidding yep. me? No way. We've already had yeah, three hundred women miscarry behind this vaccine, but they said there's no connection. It's just a coincidence. And um, I, I just don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. Um, it you know. <laughs> Just imagine a different world, if you will, the Twilight Zone. Um, <laughs> if we, we didn't have all of these evil players and everything looking to make a profit, you know, and it, to me, everything these people do lacks long-term thinking. If you kill a crap load of us all, who's going to buy your crap? And even if there are some people left to buy whatever it is you're producing, it's not going to be in the volume that you would have got if we were all here. But they keep talking about we're overpopulated, overpopulated. No, actually, we're not. And when they cite overpopulation, they always cite densely populated areas like the East Coast or California. But I'm a Midwesterner by birth. You get out in the Midwest, especially west of the Mississippi, and you can drive for days and never see another human being. That's the way New Mexico just, is. New Mexico is like yes, that. Yes, well, can. but <laughs> we open our borders and there's people coming in. We're not. We're going to be overpopulated. Well, if we're not. We are, right? Our birth rate for American women is now 48 percent below what it needs to be for a replacement population. So wow. somebody said to me, we're overpopulated. There's 330 million, and the population has grown by 28% in the last 20 years. And so if our birth rate is down, <laughs> guess where these other folks came from? And um, right. how else could your population raise 28% when your birth rate dropped more than 40? And then with the HPV vaccine, the rate of cervical cancer in the group of girls who got it is 40% in the general population. It's less than 1%. Mm-hmm. And most of them are sterile. And, and in California... Now with this, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Camilla um, Gilio was saying in California, they are teaching the children in the universities that they do not want to have a child and that they want yep. to have be sterilized because if you have a child your whole life is going to change it's not about you anymore it's about yep. the child they are teaching them oh my to lord this. Yes. yes yep yes yeah so they're they're doing it on purpose to stop the population 
Well, and they said this virus supposedly is causing men to be sterile. And then you have this. That's what I worry about. Yeah, I worry about that too. This vaccine that isn't a vaccine also seems to be causing a severe drop in sperm count. Hmm, I wonder what they're doing. Let me think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, (laughs) you know, they won't do any testing between vaccinated kids and unvaccinated kids because we know how that would turn out. But they point Mm -hmm. to the Amish community where they don't vaccinate. They don't have autism. And uh, they don't have, uh, what is it, Asperger's and ADHD and all this other happy stuff. Yeah. They don't have any of that. Down syndrome, yep. They -hmm. don't vaccinate. And, uh, uh, but where we got the idea, and and you know, I'm going to ask again. I've asked several times, but when did it become okay to advertise drugs and vaccines that can cause all sorts of peripheral illnesses and damage and harm and even come right out and tell you, and it may be fatal, but get some anyway. Now, excuse me. Yeah, if we were to produce a car, let's say a Chevy, and Chevy said this is a great car and it'll keep you safe going down the road up until the point the front wheels fly off of it, and they most likely are going to. <laughs> um, but get one anyway. But yeah. if they do come up, you can't you can't come after us. No, you can't do that. I mean, does that make sense? There's, there's no other product that is allowed to openly tell you this stuff could kill you. But ask your doctor for a bucket of these. Go get your kid's shot yeah. full of this. And you, you have know? no recourse. And I had heard recently, Marty, and you may know this, but does that mean that if you die from the COVID, the, the shot, that yep. your insurance does not pay out because you took an nope. experimental shot? That's exactly Did, right. Okay, I thought I yeah, had seen or heard that. Okay. If, you're, if you die or you suffer severe injury or even mild injury, you have voluntarily taken this experimental vaccine. And your insurance will not cover. So and you're any, not telling people it, that. No. 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 There is this it's a like Facebook smart group. Meters. Yeah, smart meters. Your smart meter that you let them put on your house, if it catches fire or sets fire to the wiring in your house, which many of them do, your insurance company doesn't cover that. They don't cover that. See, they got all kinds of way to get out of it. They'll charge you an arm and a leg. But, yeah, this is all... <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. Personally, a plan. It's a plan. Yes, it most definitely is a plan. And uh, it's just a matter of who's being hunted. Um, I found a, a group yesterday that said it's called COVID side effects. And uh-huh. if you go and look at the co- people are coming in there and the side effects that they have from this are horrendous. And I didn't know yes. such a group existed. But if you go out there and look for COVID side effects, there is a Facebook mm-hmm. group out there where people are reporting their side effects. I'm surprised oh, I've heard about take that. Down. Yeah, like blood Yeah, you lose your stuff. sense of taste. You lose your sense of smell. You can um, have uh, one side blood of your clots. face can collapse. Bell's um, all kinds yeah. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but people don't. But still, awful. 
people don't know this, and they're posting out on Facebook all the time, I got my shot, and they're showing, you know, like a paper. I guess you get some kind of paper that says, you, you know, yeah. you, you had your COVID shot. And people, it's it's like a badge of honor. They're proud that they've got their shot. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. thinking, you know, from what we've read and seen Dr. Tenpenny say, in six months from now, when the new strain comes in, yeah, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's right. going to happen. Well, and then seeing they're right. dogging the number of people that um, get sick behind the vaccine and die. And but we're not supposed mm-hmm. to. It's up around nine thousand right now that have died. But you know, you you got to expect that. It's nothing we wouldn't expect. As long as it ain't you, I guess it's nothing. I don't know. It's old anyway. In a lot of cases. Cause. Yeah. Oh, I'm just like hearing, like hearing all this. It's, you know, and then they were saying that all these vaccines are supposed to be free. And then I'm hearing like, you know, here in Madison, you have to give your insurance information. And I was like, why, why do you have to give your insurance information if it's supposed to be free for everybody? What's going on here? Oh, I I have graciously... Yeah, I'm graciously letting everyone go ahead of me for the vaccine. Um, I'm going to go to the end of the line. Bless your heart. I am. Thank you. Thank um, you. But but the reason they want your insurance information is so that they can notify your insurance company that you voluntarily got this vaccine. So if you come up with anything following this, they ain't paying for it. Yep. You see what – see, it's all the, you know – CYA operation. They're getting the insurance so companies people, off the books. Yeah. If they're going to the hospital because they have blood clots, they're not going to pay mm-hmm. for the hospital visit. No. Nope. No. Well, well, they might. I don't know, but they, but they don't have liability. You can't sue. We, that much we know. They, the right. company said we're doing this, and you cannot. Uh, it's kind well, of like what happens in nursing homes. Well, the, you, you sign a. And you and you get blood clots, and you go to the hospital. The AstraZeneca, who apparently blood clots happen quite often after their little vaccine, yeah. has said that there is no link. So based on the manufacturer's own statements, this isn't because I got the vaccine. So treat me. See, just use their stuff against them. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't. Know. Better yet, don't take now, it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And they, they're they saying that something like, uh, I saw an article where they said um, 30 million people had gotten vaccinated, and or was it 3 million people had gotten vaccinated so far, and that was 10% of the population. No, that's 1%, and or some such number. Uh, 10% of the population would be 30 million. And but they were saying, you know, that they were making such progress, and uh, you know, and and I'm going to tell you something. It's white Republicans who are vaccine hesitant. And I thought, really? What? Yes, that's what that they did a survey, and it's white Republicans who are. This stuff is also contrived, and they're trying to politicize this, and get the right left thing going. And who's a Democrat and who's a Republican? And you know, stop, please stop. I get so tired of it. Um, I don't know anybody willing to take this vaccine. Nobody. And I've heard people saying 
you know, don't don't come near me with it or my kids. And I just, I think, um, I heard down here, and I guess this stopped because we had that tornado hit Noonan and wipe it out, you know, the downtown area. And here about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And, um, but they already had troops on the ground here, uh, National Guard, that if they had an address like for people who were, you know, over 60, they were showing up at their door demanding to test them for COVID. And, what? Uh, yes, and offering to wow. vaccinate them. No, don't show up at my door. <sighs> ugly day. And, uh, but I guess since the tornado wiped out the whole downtown area. <laughs> Well, it really does feel like it really does feel like these things, you know, being stuck in your house and, you know, it's kind of priming us for something. It just feels like mm-hmm. that, you know, it feels like it's priming us for being controlled in some way. Yes. Right. Well, the thing is that they know that isolation, you go to the World Health Organization, uh, and, well, the UN and the, the um, Treaty Against Torture. Of the top three items, isolation is number three. And this is why, like in prisons, they're not supposed to isolate anyone for more than X Mm -hmm. number of days or something. Of course, they routinely do it for years. They don't give a damn. But they know that isolation is psychologically very damaging. And again, go to our our elderly people in these nursing homes. And they're isolating them from family. And they know that psychologically what happens is, is that that, person begins to withdraw and they begin Mm -hmm. to do what's called withering and eventually they just shut down and die um isolation is extraordinarily traumatic and damaging so why are you isolating people and social distancing we are herd animals and it is necessary for us as human beings to have actual physical contact. There is a chemical cellular reaction that happens when we are touched and hugged and stroked by other human beings. Mm-hmm. They're telling you not to do that. And yeah, you're seeing a, the effect it's just on very, kids. Uh, yeah. It's just a setup for, uh, I don't know. It just seems Disaster. really sad. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see it. Yeah. Well, in March, um 20th of this year, or March 8th, I think it was, uh, Fauci was on TV. It was last year um, in March. And he was on TV and he said uh, masks were of no use. Mm-hmm. And um, they're not going to do what people think they're going to do. And blah, blah, blah. And then come out here recently and said, you need to wear two masks because you haven't reduced your oxygen enough to cause you to have a stroke or a heart attack. And then, of course, there's mask mouth, which is the fungus that grows in your mouth from breathing in and out through this mask. And it's a perfect environment. And so, but they call it COVID tongue. No, it's fungus. <laughs> and it. It's so bad that people's gums will bleed. Some people's teeth have started falling out, but it actually goes down your throat and, of course, goes right into your lungs and bingo, bango. Guess what happens then? But it's COVID tongue. And now, supposedly, there is something called COVID toes. I can't even begin to think what what kind of ridiculous mess that's going to be. But I saw an expanded list of 32 symptoms that you 
probably have COVID. You had a slight headache. You had a little runny nose. You had a little bit of a fever. You were fatigued. You're, you had body aches. And I thought, this is stuff people go through every damn day of the week. And exactly. down at the bottom of it was COVID toes. At that, I fell okay. off my chair. I actually yeah. choked and started <laughs> what laughing. Are COVID, what are COVID yeah. toes? Yes, apparently discoloration in your toes is a sign you have got COVID. I thought, oh, I think I might have it. No, just kidding. It's a sign of a fungus. <laughs> well, I'm looking at my toes. They don't look right. Yeah, <laughs> mine never did. But I must have COVID for a long time. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. You, you started it, Marty. Oh, <laughs> So, do you ever think that? Do you ever think life goes back to what it was before COVID? I'm kind of feeling not. What do you guys feel? I'm kind of feeling not too. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was never intended to. Um, you know, they keep saying the new normal, the new normal. In other words, what they're telling you is everything has changed and it's going to continue to change and get even worse. But you have to accept this because of COVID. No, I don't. And uh, yeah. But there was no reason for all these lockdowns and shutdowns. We've lost 60,000 small businesses. We have put yeah, it's millions so of awful. people out of work. But mm-hmm. Walmart could stay open and Home Depot and Target and Macy's and all that. They could stay open because they were essential. And so could your local liquor store. And um, But, you know, here all the big box stores, all the corporate stores, see, yeah, that's really not fair. Yeah. That's so unfair. Rosie, I mean, how's Rosie's going? Well, we're, we're, still, we're still here. We did, a, I mean, we definitely did a huge pivot when it first hit. We were doing um, dinners and stuff. But one thing that I did that I really think made a difference is I hired this gal. I had known her for years, <laughs> but um, she owns a marketing company. And I first took, like, a class that she was doing, and she had to pivot her business, too, because all of a sudden, you know, COVID affects her. Well, I absolutely adore took the class. I mean, and I'm not going to lie. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these PPP loans and things like that. And, you know, being a woman-owned business, we have 100% women or minority employees here. And, I mean, so we get – I mean, there's been some good things that have happened, but – it wasn't going to be enough unless we made some changes too. You were just, it would have just like prolonged the, you know, the death spiral. Right. And we're not out of it, but we're about to launch shipping nationwide. So anyway, I hired the marketing company and it's, it's it's not cheap or anything. We redid the website. So the website went live back in December and we've had the holidays. We can kill it here. The holidays are great. Like first, um, the first, uh, Thanksgiving was our best week in our history. Then Christmas, best week in our history. And then Valentine's Day, best week in our history. So when we have a hol- a big holiday, we are killing it over here. But That's great. Then you'll have these other days where you only sell like $100, and that doesn't pay your bills. But right. I would definitely say having the marketing team and her vision, you know, because there are days where I'm like, I need to stop. Like, this isn't going to, like, this yeah. isn't, yep. you know. 
And then there's other times like, no, we are changing. We're not just sitting here waiting for something to happen. Mm -hmm. We're Mm -hmm. making the changes. And so it's been a lot trying to figure out how to do all the shipping and have the products show up and test products and my sister has been my guinea pig, and I've shipped her some nasty-looking <laughs> stuff when it arrived. I've how, like many pounds did she get, how many pounds has she gained? I don't think she's gained any. I've, I've had your cookies. <laughs> I know what they're yes. like. They are well, delicious. Can I hire her out as a tester? You don't have to pay me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm I'm me too. And, well, I'm thinking – I'm waiting on some freezers. So it's like, you know, sometimes Did when you're down, you have to get kicked in the face. Freeze? She's waiting on some freebies. We are too. Where are they um, freezers. So my <laughs> oh. my freezer breaks. I'm getting all ready oh. to like we'll do be, it. We'll and be guinea pigs. My, yes. <laughs> so then my freezer breaks. I'm and because of COVID, everything's taking long to get here. So it's kind of got me at a standstill because when you ship, everything has to be frozen, and then you have mm-hmm. to put it in these cooler boxes and, you know, put all your ice packs and all that stuff in there. But everything has to be frozen, so I don't have freezers now. I have a loaner freezer that isn't going to cut it. It's just going to, like, you know, I can, like, make breakfast for people. and I can store sausage uh-huh. patties in the freezer. So I am hoping that the freezers come next week. We still are shipping out um, with with Amber, who is my marketing person. She's doing her big debut. We are shipping out cinnamon rolls all over. And Ooh. I'm, like, fr- crossing my fingers that, that we pull it off. We did ship, you know, a test one, and it stayed frozen for four days in the mail. So, but I'm nervous, and yet, you know, so thanks, everyone. I know many of you guys have, like, ordered stuff from me and had me, I think, Debbie, I shipped you some biscotti to California, and thank you. So and we it hope was to, good. Thank you. <laughs> and um, And hopefully... Once we get our shipping going really good, we can do, like, cookie fundraisers for NASCA and, and you know, do them off the shipping. We've done fundraisers here before. And um, and you've been on TV. Yeah, we've, we've done the uh, – I did the different right. restaurant shows and stuff. And then they did the NASCA uh, commercial. Gosh, that was – Oh, that, that was how great. How long ago was it? That was a year ago. That they was came great. They with that. I couldn't believe it. I was just bawling, like, oh, my gosh, you know. Because there's days where I'm like, why am I doing Rosie's? This is a disaster. And then, you know, they say, hey, let's – we're going to make this commercial for you, and we're going to match however many you do. That's how – they're still running the Nazca commercial right now here in the Madison Market. So – Wow. Yeah. It's still being That's run, excellent. and we use it. We had it on the whistle at our, on our whistleblower summit, and Marty starts to show off with it, and it's it's been it was amazing. I remember I was like crying when I called Elaine. I was so excited, and of course I get the voicemail when I'm calling Elaine to tell her my exciting news. But I did get a hold of her later, and I was so excited <laughs> because it was the first ever mm-hmm. NASCA commercial, and it came out of Madison, and so I yeah I'm feeling that we're going to survive this. It's going to be a miracle that we survive it. I don't, I don't know how I did it, um, but I, I do definitely think, like, hiring a marketing company, redoing the website, and just, like, working with them really, really made a difference on pulling this off. But, but you know, we're not I'll out of you it yet. You, you're not out of it, but I'll but, tell you why you have survived is your thinking. I, I am a firm believer in that you create, 
what you imagine and think, and I know you, and you constantly hung on to that business and were working on how to make it go, how to make it survive, and that's why you have. Other people give up. They give up. Oh, we can't do the – we're going to go down, and sure enough, they do. But they, well, it's just you know, like it's, fight, fighting guardianship. It's like fighting guardianship. People have really stuck this out, and things yeah. are starting to change, you know. I mean, yeah. everyone's surely. worked so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they, know. It, it is. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we have one success story that came out of um, that whole territory, and it was oh, somebody who's, whose mom is in guardianship, she, long story short, she met someone who um, the, ner- the mom was in a rehab, and they wanted to take this mom home, and this rehab nursing home said, if you take your mom out of here, we're going to guardianize her. So immediately, oh yeah, this was, and it was someone that someone went to church with. So anyway, that, she's like, yeah, well, I need to warn you about this. So Marty and I, we talked about it, this was several months ago, and we said, all right, we're mm-hmm. going to follow this story from before guardianship till how it goes into guardianship. Yes. And, yes. and they also were given all sorts of information. This is what they want to do to your mom. And when before you go into guardianship, if you have the information, I think you're better off. Plus that movie came out. They're like, watch the movie. Yep. That's not just Hollywood. And this family was able to take the mom home and I got, I remember I was just like, wow, we made a difference. We made like, how yeah. they do, how they do, they did it because they knew about guardianship and they weren't going to let them talk them into it or, or yeah, what? And also they were going to expose it. They were going to be like, all right. And they, we had said, Marty, we were going to, we were going to like run the weekly show. And, and today they went to court. And oh, the next week, wow. you know, oh, I don't think they want that to happen. And yeah, they yeah. backed off real fast. Yeah, and it was oh, a really, really terrific. awesome feeling. And Elaine knew about it. And when I got that call, I'm like, "Wow, we did make a difference." And I still remember the several people after Harvey had died, which actually were coming up on the anniversary of of his death. Aww. But after he had died, there were several people that said, "You know, because I was in it, I was in the fight." And I think a lot of people, once your loved one has passed away, it, it's it is so draining that they just kind of fizzle out and they just go back and live their life because they don't want to deal with it anymore. Like it ha- it was a terrible thing. And I, and I don't blame somebody who just is like, I, I can't deal with this anymore and I'm done. But I had many people say, God, don't, don't stop caring. Like, and the thing that was said to me is someday someone who doesn't even know your name will live because you stayed in the fight. And that's a huge responsibility. Yeah. But and that's all of True. us. That's all of us. Like mm-hmm. someday yep. someone who doesn't even know your name. And I right. think about that that mom who didn't get guardianized. She doesn't know my name. But you know, she right. lives. There you go. Yeah, it's been the successes have, have been few and far between. But yeah. The thing is we have per, persisted. We have persisted. We've hung together, you know, <laughs> Debbie being on here. I can remember when all that was going on with her. And you do everything you can to support those people so that you they know they're not alone, that they have not lost mm-hmm. their minds, that there is somebody out there that cares. And this is, you know, the idea, I think on the one hand, in light of that, that's a good thing. 
but on the other side of it, that it should ever become necessary is the tragedy. Yeah. And it sure, uh, yeah, that's right. You know, and it's just and it, getting this stopped. We had uh, Lisa Blanger on last night. And, oh, you did. I'll have to listen oh, wow. to that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and What's she going was on, on last her? night. Well, uh, you know, Netflix, uh, well, that attorney that was highlighted in that episode, Guardians, Inc., on Dirty Money yes. on Netflix, yes. he had sued her. Well, here the oh. first part of the week, um, and Netflix had joined in with him against her and oh. uh, to save oh. their own behinds. And so she was fighting one hell of a battle. All of a sudden this week, they dropped it. They went in and had it all dismissed. Now, theirs, their cases were dismissed with prejudice, meaning basically, unless she comes up with new evidence, she can't come back after them. Hers was dismissed without prejudice, and that means they can come after her again. What they did was they changed, and now they are suing the head of Jigsaw Productions who produced the episode. And I had told her when this first started, I said, here's the thing. You had no control over editing uh, what the finished result was. You didn't send them out. You didn't bring those pictures of his office to them. They did. They went out and got that. You basically, they can't get you for just because you were in the episode doesn't mean anything. Well, anyway, like I say, they backed off, but now they're going after the producer. And it's just, she's relieved on the one hand. But she said, this has beaten me down so bad. And she said, but I'm back up and running now. And so she she talked about what all they'd done of the fraud on the court. She has filed, you know, they sanctioned her for two years. She can't practice law. Yeah. And after she filed an appeal can't you, showing. Can she be pro se? Oh, she's, if, no, I don't think so. I, I would have to ask her to make sure. But, um. She had already filed an appeal, which is on record, showing where they had repeatedly committed fraud on the court and lied to the judge over and over yeah. and over again. She had it documented. You know, she's meticulous about whatever she does. And they they didn't think there was a problem with that. And um, so she's, I tell you, I've just never... I've never seen anything like this. And she talked about this. She has gone large... through so much. It's just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. And, How long was your her... father in guardianship? Ten years. He was in for a long time. Wow. Yeah. wow. Imagine and being they... an attorney who can't get him off. Yeah. You know? That's how hard he it is to get out of. Yeah, huh? he yes. was an attorney. Right. Was his own attorney guardianized him. and But <sighs> they went through. And the thing is, when this guardianship was first established, they claimed to the court that based on what his estate was worth, it would take approximately eight years uh, for them to go through all the money. And it was almost eight years to the day they drained his estate. And then he Hmm. was dead within a month. And of course, Lisa has fought on since then, making it 10 years. But now guardianship is supposed to end upon death. It ends immediately. They're still... She still cannot get an accounting. They're still, oh. They sold his house after his death, several months after his death. The family never got any of the proceeds. They have not accounted for where that money went. Um, they have not given back any of his personal items that they took. Nothing. Nothing. Wow. And That's sick. Yeah. 
and uh but she's yeah she's still battling and um that's one woman I I don't think they ever anticipated Lisa because that is and I will never if I don't ever remember anything else about that woman it will be the video of her in front of the Massachusetts Supreme Court she's up against the guardian and a whole bank of attorneys the guardian is screaming to the supreme court justices your honors she's she's spending her father's money she's wasting her father's money and by by bringing these charges and she turned around she said i'm not getting a dime you are you're the one taking his money and she says and she started crying and she said keep the effing money just give me back my father nope oh so awful nope Nope, and but I will never forget. I just bawled when I saw that, and uh, she, you know, she said, "I don't." Told me at the time, she said, "I don't care about anything. I just want my father back." And they finally did, of course, let her see him in the hospital within days of him passing, and she got to hug him and kiss him and tell him she loved him. Which I told her, I said, "He already knew that, Lisa, but it was good you could do it in person," and. Uh, she says, and he recognized me, and she said, he looked so happy. And I said, I'm sure Aww. he was. That, yeah, they drugged that man. Uh, he refused to take the drugs, so they crushed it up in his food. And he, at one point, whatever they were giving him, he was sitting pulling the hair out of his head and banging his head on a window. Mm. You know, they wouldn't let them. They held him prisoner in his own house. Um, but Lisa said Which everything in it. Which in? Massachusetts. Oh. And uh, but she, they cleared the house out of anything that had any worth, and then of course they Predators. sold it. Yes, every one of them. Yes, and then the lead Casarosian uh, is her name that pretty well led the charge on all this. They just named her. I think it was to the Board of Appeals or something for the Bar Association. See, being being a vulture pays off. And oh um, yeah. You know, Judge she acts a, like on the state bar board or whatever. It pays off. Yeah, yeah. I, I've yeah. often said, you know, when we're young and they and they teach they teach you in school, cheaters never prosper. Is oh, it like boo. the cheaters who are teaching us that so they can just pull the wool <laughs> over our heads? Because they they all prosper. Like that's like yeah. I think the biggest lie in the world. Cheaters like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're vultures. Yeah, yeah. they win. They win all the time. Yep. And uh, well, look to at, me, I don't see. Oh, go ahead, on. Go ahead. Well, look at who our new Secretary of Commerce is. She was is the it? governor of Rhode <laughs> Island. Rhode oh, Island passed passed that guardianship. Uh, oh. Was it our criminal bill or something? <laughs> and it was unanimous, and and she vetoed it, and she was backed by the nursing homes. And the health care. And now she's the right. Secretary of Commerce. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she vetoed it. It's incredible. She vetoed it. Yes, she did, mm-hmm. and I don't trust her. It's awful. Yeah. Marty, it goes back to what you said earlier about there being two distinct types of people. Yes. Yes. And that's They're what not I'm saying. humans, or maybe we're no. not human. Something's wrong. Well, they keep talking, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I've been watching for more and more to come out on this. 
and the first time I saw anything on it was probably about 10 years ago, but I recently was reading uh, from a big science institute about they were studying DNA, and, and in behind all this COVID thing, see, they're collecting DNA. They finally admitted that's part of what they're doing with that mini weapon. They ram up your nose as they're collecting DNA, and they've been collecting the DNA of all newborn babies since 1992 and storing it in that data bank out in Maryland. I want to know why they want everybody's DNA. What is it they are looking for? And what came out was was that particularly women who are Rh negative, if they get pregnant, they have to take shots during the pregnancy to keep their own body from expelling the fetus as a an infection, as an invader. What? Yes. I had a girlfriend yeah. that had to do those shots. <laughs> I know some people. Have, yeah, and they have a strand, a 32 strand of DNA that they don't, they know it was put there, but they don't know what it does or why, and that differentiates them from the rest of us. But there's, um, but I've seen more and more about this that they're studying DNA and there are two distinctly different species of human being and possibly a third and that we are not all the same. We may be the same species, but it's like, you know, you can be cats, but not all of you, all of them are white. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. but if you understand what I'm saying there, but it just, uh, I've been watching this and what has been a curiosity to me in all of this is there were too many of these people, circulating in the population there were too many of these people who lacked morals integrity the, the any of the normal feelings and emotions that the rest mm-hmm. of us have mm-hmm. uh, you know like the hospice nurses uh, like the guardians and these attorneys mm-hmm. and i thought how do you do this every day cause so much misery and harm know that you are torturing people to the point of death that you are right. stealing everything from them that they worked their whole life for. Mm-hmm. How do you do this? Go home, go to bed, sleep, get up and go back and do it again the next day. You do it because you have no conscience. Right. You, you do it because you have no sympathy, no empathy. You cannot relate to other human beings who possess these emotions and these feelings. So you don't. And so this is what I'm saying. There's too many of them for it to be an aberration. A one-off. This is these people are something different. And, and whether it's just what kind of parent would you be? Yes. What, what kind of parent would someone who's like that be? Would you is are those the ones that have the um, Munchausen syndrome? It could be um, because they you know yeah. harm their children and they don't feel any remorse for that. Yeah. Well, look Gee, at how much. I mean, we harm children so much nowadays. I mean, if you, it wasn't it like oh, Infowars, and he used to talk about Pedophile Island and all this stuff. Yeah. stuff. What's that guy's name? Alex Jones. And Alex everyone, Jones. I mean, everyone's like, oh, he's conspiracy theory and he's crazy. And you know what? Jeffrey Epstein it was, was pedophile. Now we all know Pedophile Island was true. And now... They, I mean, and the stuff like that is the top world leaders that are do like Hunger Games, and it's just like super creepy. And now you hear yeah. these stories of like all these kids in 
over there in Texas and they're being abandoned. Now they're being sexually abused. Like, how disgusting are how people? Disgusting. Exactly. I mean, and uh, you would think, well, oh, that's going on. It's been going on for years, even so, in uh-huh. some religious facilities, you know, where you have the choir boys being sexually yeah. molested by, you know, people they're supposed to the trust. Priest. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so what is and, wrong well, with the, these people? The, this, you see, what you, the thing is, this has always gone on. It's just like politicians lying, Okay. They've always mm-hmm. lied, but it used to be before the Internet. They could stand up and lie to Chet Huntley and David Brinkley, and you didn't know it was a lie for 20, 30 years till it was leaked out or somehow else came out that mm-hmm. they were lying to you. They lie now within 30 seconds. It's on the Internet. They can't lie anymore. Same thing with pedophilia. This has always gone on. Men right. have always preyed on small children. It, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but it's true. Not all men, but most of them do. And they've always said it, but you just never knew about it. And even if they caught them doing it, you still never knew about it because nobody no. would talk about it. Well, but you now, see, the with the Internet, yeah, right. now with the Internet, you can't hide nothing, honey. Uh, <laughs> they are on you. And um, so, you know, that's that's one of the things that – you know, we need to, to to look at is these things have always happened. They've always gone on. Men have always been, uh, what do I want to say, uh, off-limits. Predators? Some of them. Yeah. Some of them, yeah. not all of them. Many of them are. Many of them are. Not all, but many. And right. uh, most have enough sense not to act on that. But too many of them, I mean, you know, brothels have existed since time beginning. And men have always gravitated to them. And um, you look at the religions of the world. Women are always marginalized. Uh, They're always second-class citizens, always servants to their husbands. Oh, save me. And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, it's all right. And you look at the words, too, that have developed, that I hear women parroting now, which just infuriates me, referring to their body parts. Um, their breasts, you know, being tits, uh, that's from an animal. But this, again, is an attempt to marginalize, minimalize women. Uh, You speak to them as an object or something less than human. And like I say, to hear women doing it to themselves absolutely drives me up the wall. But what I'm saying is this has always gone on. We just never knew about it. Uh, nobody told us, and if you were subject to it, you know what I'm saying, if it happened in close proximity to you, there might be a group of people in your area that knew, but they didn't have any way to tell anybody else, and even if they did, nobody believed them. Oh, you're crazy. I would do that. And so it was easy to cover up. And But it, the, like I say, with the Internet, there are no secrets there are no secrets. Somebody knows, mm-hmm. and somebody will put it out there. And this has blown up this explosion of these cases, of the, of the number of people involved in this, of Facebook being the biggest purveyor of child pornography on the planet, with all these dark groups and hidden groups and everything else, while they have their policy and their you know community guidelines, <laughs> except for when it comes to this, because yeah. they make a lot of money off it. But this is what I'm saying. This has always happened. Uh, 
so to see these people surfacing, you know, in, and they always seem to get into these power positions, you know, of one level or another. They're senators, representatives, they're guardians, they're attorneys, they're judges, they're some big church dude. You know what I'm saying? They're all they all seem to gravitate towards these positions where they are provided protection to a great degree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about all that stuff, too. I wish I could think about things like how to make the grass greener and <laughs> what makes butterflies fly. and You know, stuff like how come hummingbirds are so Fun tiny. I, yeah. <laughs> but no. I think that's why, I, think that's why I have a bakery. Because I had to turn yeah. it all off. And I just can yeah. come in and make cupcakes. Okay, what well, I'm going to, go. I'm going to. You know, I'm going to make something sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make something sweet. I don't want to think about all this. And quit everyone going on diets. Just eat the sweets. I am not dieting anymore. That's what my garden, my garden does that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Or painting, you know, something relaxing. I'm I'm never dieting again. I'm just going to be a fat old lady, and that's all there is to it. Get used to it. (laughs) Uh, And wear purple and red. Yes, yes. I, I've just, I've decided. I've spent my whole life worried about how tall I was, and I found out at the doctor's office I've shrunk another inch. I'm now only five foot four. And what? Really? I, yeah, yeah. Wow. That about made me break into hysteria. But yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry. I'm at an age I don't care. You don't like my fluffy yeah. butt? Don't look at it. Because I'm going <laughs> to eat what I want. I have spent That's my whole right. life, you know, and I'm going to blow up and weigh 10,000 pounds and look like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Too bad. And enjoy. And she'll be eating my cookies eating, the whole while. Eating, yeah, you can just right, eat them. Cause's cookies. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Cause's Bakery. I'm going to go to Rosie's Bakery. And live there. And, and just live there. Live there. Camp. And I will be Camp the out. official taste tester. For absolutely yes. everything. No limit well, on how much I have to taste. Yes. I'm gonna have to mail everybody stuff so you guys can like be like my testers and then, then you're gonna have to post it all over social media and give me like there five star reviews when I nail it. Right. Like, yeah. Oh absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, there you are. Girls, we have only got four minutes left. This just flew by. We need to this do this. Is this is a fun party. Yes. Yeah, yes, it, was it was a party. Congratulations yeah. on your two-year anniversary. I think that's really yes. cool. Yeah. You see, hey, that time sure does about... fly. Wow. Did you make yeah. a cake yes. for the occasion, cause? Not yet, but I should probably, cake? I probably should ship one to Marty. I think that's yes. a good well, idea. Post oh, pictures oh, oh. of it. Make it, make it, make so it a fluffy cake. Yeah. Okay. Fluff out. Use marshmallow fluff ice cream. I mean, I yeah, think we, we can do a show called Cause and Fluffy Marty. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, oh, yes. Gosh, guys, this has been great. Debbie Truth, thank it's you for joining great. in. And uh, we we need to do this again. This was a great yeah. conversation. That was and, fun. Um, yes, it was. Yes, it was. And Kazi, thank you for all the help over two years. I, I truly appreciate it. Yes, yes, and she took a gigantic load off of me, not to mention 
She's comic relief, in case you haven't figured that yes. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Well, thank and, you for uh, sharing y'all's time with us. Yes. yes thank thank you. you for coming. Yes. And because we'll, I'll be looking for that cake. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put on that 10 pounds fast. That, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I've been getting to gain 50, girl. And uh, yeah. I don't have far. You know, and uh, I'm just a, a fluff away from being super fluffy. And um, <laughs> and I get any shorter. I told the kids, if I keep shrinking, if I live another 10 years, they can bury me in a shoebox. Um, I just, <laughs> how much up with that? I used to be almost five foot eight. And then when I wow. broke my back and wow. pieced it all back together, I lost two inches there. I thought, well, okay, I can live with that. But over the years since then, I've lost almost another two inches. Now, something that's right here. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, that's, that's. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's, see, and it's in my torso that I lose the height, but I still got long legs. And that looks really bizarre. But anyway, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for calling in, joining Thanks. in, Marcia. Marcia, that was fun. Marcia and Marcia. Yes. yes. Let's do this again. I think this is a okay, great discussion. Everyone. Let's do this again. Um, okay. Good. We've got a, we've got a thirteen or fourteen. I think it's fourteen years. We start in June, June tenth, I believe it. Is. We will do wow. a big show for that. <laughs> and yes. you all come on there too. Just talk and laugh. Absolutely. We've only got about Absolutely. thirty seconds left here. Everybody, thank you for joining in, and thank you to our audience. As a reminder, all these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, an annual event in Washington, D.C., which we will be doing by video again this year because of the fake virus. But anybody, everybody, have a good evening. Thank you so much. You too. We'll you Thanks, Marty. Next week. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.